Last week, Donald, our sleepy, creepy Joe pledged unity and acceptance for all Americans, including those who did not vote for him. Question is, and we got to ask this question, is unity even a thing? I think not. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. How you folks doing? Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So I'm trying to get some consistency in this podcast a little bit. Been a rough last couple of weeks, obviously. Um, but let's get to this unification thing, because I think this is hysterical. I think Joe Biden even bringing it up is stupid. I, I really don't. Oh, by the way, as far as the election goes, uh, the unify thing, that's still premature. President Trump seems to be doing okay in these court battles. And apparently, today's Tuesday... There was a. There's going to be a bomb drop today. Uh, big court suits and things like that. They had one gal on there. We'll talk about that later. But nothing really has changed so far. So I'm just waiting to hear something. Haven't heard anything yet. So we'll have to see. But this whole thing with unity. Let's talk about this. Joe Biden actually went out last week and made a victory speech. In his speech, he preached that the country needs to unify and the left needs to accept their opponents. Listen to this clip uh, compiled from Sky News. By the way, Sky News, a very left-wing outlet. But now, let's give each other a chance. It's time to put away the harsh rhetoric, lower the temperature, see each other again, listen to each other again, and to make progress We have to stop treating our opponents as our enemies. Let this grim era of demonization in America begin to end here and now. The refusal of Democrats and Republicans to cooperate with one another, it's not some mysterious force beyond our control. It's a decision, a choice we make. And if we can decide not to cooperate, then we can decide to cooperate. Now, a couple of things I want to point out here, um, not including the flub he did in the middle of the speech, is uh, as far as this unity thing goes, what unity was there under President Trump? What chance did President Trump have? They were accusing him. They were talking about impeachment of President Trump before he was even inaugurated. They were talking, we spent three years with Russia collusion, which ended up being nothing. We spent almost a year on, or six months, on Ukrainian impeachment. Everything Trump did was impeachable, impeachable, impeachable. So I, I don't want to hear from this idiot about how now it's time to forget about, I mean, this guy hasn't even condemned Antifa yet. Time to put away the horse rhetoric? Is it because he thinks he won? Biden is, in, Biden is the Kentucky Derby winning jockey of horse rhetoric. I'll get more on that in a second. As far as the demonization of people who didn't agree with him, he demonized Trump, Biden demonized Trump supporters constantly. A week before his anemic campaign, he was calling him stupid and ugly. And he that's when he actually campaigned. He didn't campaign at all. 
here's the big problem Biden has. Cooperation is a choice. Well, I choose not to cooperate with after-birth abortions. I choose not to cooperate with socialism. I choose not to cooperate with the Green New Deal. I choose not to cooperate with free college tuition when I've already paid my college tuition. Cooperation, there has to be on both sides. This is called negotiation. Biden doesn't want that. Um, I choose to own a gun. Heck, Biden's gun control measure is insane. Biden's immigration policies are insane. I, I, our news media is terrible. Where was our news media? Again, I said, I talked about this, I think a couple podcasts ago, where, you know, the news media probably cost Trump 10 points. I'm not quite understanding where suddenly we're going to have this beautiful cooperation. Was this a fixed election? Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe the votes were counted. Well, first off, maybe the votes were counted correctly. (laughs) <laughs> which is proving that's not the case. But the news media fixed this election it, up to and including Fox News. I don't even watch Fox I don't even watch Fox News anymore. I gave it up. I watch I do watch Tucker. I do watch I, that's about it. I do watch sometimes Sean Hannity and sometimes Laurel Ingram. But basically I spend my t- time on The Blaze. I watch uh the Daily Wire shows and I basically watch Dan Bongino. That's what I listen to. I have absolutely no interest in watching the the mainstream media or what they're calling now the legacy media. By the way, do you think for a second that Joe Biden is going to do anything about unity? I doubt it. He's Biden's about power. If he wasn't about power, if he cared for the people, He would not have run because he's a decrepit, senile old man and he knows he cannot lead for any substantial period of time. I've got bets in that says that Kamala Harris will be the 47th president six months after Biden takes office. If that. I mean, the the House Democrats are already trying to create a committee about the 25th Amendment so that they can oust Biden the second he gets the chance. Biden has also done a lot of crooked things. He's threatened governments. He's taken money, protected criminals. But one thing he has done throughout his career is plagiarize. It cost him the presidential. It cost him a presidential election. He actually was the front runner until he was caught plagiarizing some British statesman statesman speech. But he could do it now. The media will ignore it. Listen to this. I'm a proud Democrat, but I will govern as an American president. I'll work as hard for those who didn't vote for me as those who did. Let this grim era of demonization in America begin to end here and now. Outside of the fact that Biden can't get through a sentence without flubbing, which he did again here. Um, That was the same crap Obama said back in 2008. 
And I think Hillary Clinton said the same thing in 2016. Now, this is probably not that big of a deal, but the reality is he's not, he, he is, he does, he cannot come up with his, an independent thought in that spongy brain of his. And the media doesn't say a word to it. I mean, if I was a Biden, if you wanted to quote, that's a great quote. That's fine and dandy. But how about this? How about this? Why don't you just at least, as my as my former running mate said, Barack Obama, then say it. But as far as unity, I, it, there's there's no unity here. In the same expected acceptance speech he held last week, Biden told us why we couldn't unite, why we will not unite. He should fire his speechwriters simply because they it, just the hypocrisy in this this deal where. Uh, I'm going to implement all this, but I'm going to unify the country. What a crock of shit. Listen to this. To heal in America. Now this campaign is over. What is the will of the people? What is our mandate? I believe it's this. America has called upon us to marshal the forces of decency, the forces of fairness, to marshal the forces of science and the forces of hope in the great battles of our time. The battle to control the virus, the battle to build prosperity, the battle to secure your family's health care, the battle to achieve racial justice and root out systemic racism in this country. And the battle to save our planet by getting climate under control. The battle to restore decency, defend democracy, and give everybody in this country a fair shot. That's all they're asking for, a fair shot. Okay, a couple things we should pull from what he said. First off, this election, if he wins, is not a mandate by any stretch of the imagination. He, uh, yes, Joe Biden has 76 million votes. Trump has 72 million in the popular vote. And it was expected that Trump was going to lose this by 10 points, 12 points. One poll said 14 points. This was not a mandate. Uh, he also lost the Senate. He's probably going to lose the Senate. It's a very good chance he's going to lose the Senate and by a lot. He lost 10 to 15 seats. Right now, it sounds like it's 11 or 12 right now. But there's still a couple votes that are being counted. He's going to lose between um, 12 and 15 seats in the House. He's lost a governorship and he's lost just about every state election out there. He also said um, that he also said that Republicans, the 72 million who voted for Trump, are not decent, fair, or believe in science. Yeah, here's a newsflash. Um, we do believe in science. We don't think that the climate is going to destroy the world in t 10 years. We do believe in science in that abortion of a child is actually killing another human being. We do believe in science, so much so that a uh, vaccine, two vaccines have been discovered. I, and, and, and this is the other thing. He always says control. I'm gonna, we're going to control the climate. We're going to control the virus. No one is going to control the vi virus or cl uh, climate. You know why? Because nature doesn't allow human beings or its occupants to control anything. 
You're not controlling. We're, is it going to get warmer? Yeah, it's going to get warmer, and we're going to have to get wild and crazy. We're going to have to adapt. Just like Joe Biden is not going to control the virus, and we're going to have to adapt to the virus, which is what Trump said, which is what Trump's chief of staff said. We're going to have to live with things. That's it. These are promises that cannot be kept. Obamacare, which he wants to re-implement, was an absolute disaster. Our insurance rates actually went up. Most Americans believe there is racial justice in the country and that there is no systemic racism. And I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say it all the time because I think it's one of the more clever things that I came up with. Biden has been part of the system for 47 years. If the entire system is racist, <coughs> doesn't that make Joe Biden a racist? Because he's been part of the system for, since he was 29 years old. We have had systemic racist, racism in this country. Remember? Blacks couldn't use the same restrooms as whites. Blacks couldn't drink out of the same drinking fountains as whites. Blacks couldn't play baseball on teams that had whites on it. They Major League Baseball. Um, blacks had to sit in the back of the bus. That is the definition of systemic racism. I have yet to see anybody or anybody sit back and say, here's, here's an example of systemic racism. There's been nobody. People confuse prejudice with racism for some reason. Systemic racism with prejudice. Uh, here's a newsflash. If a white woman is walking down the street and she sees four black guys in front of her and she crosses the street, that doesn't make her a racist. That's an analogy someone threw at me. I'm like, what are you freaking talking about? has nothing to do with it. Um, finally, the climate thing is just getting really old. No one, no one buys any of this crap. Much less does anyone buy that we need to spend $93 trillion a year. Uh, $93 trillion over the next 10 years to end, quote, climate change, end quote. Climate always changes. It's going to change whether we spend $93 trillion or not. And by the way, no one ever mentions that China is the biggest polluter in the world. That India is one of the biggest polluters in the world. Do you realize the United States is not even in the top 10 of polluters? And we've got one of the largest countries out there? That's ah, not true. Well, I think we're, we're, we're not in the top five. I think Brazil is beating us, for Christ's sake. Mexico is beating the United States, for Christ's sake, as far as pollution. Why does the United States have to put up $93 trillion? And I got news to you, if the climate is changing, that's not enough for me to give up my hamburgers because we need to eliminate cow farts. It's just stupid. But Biden has always been divisive. He's always been divisive. Listen to this little comp compilation uh, from Newsweek magazine. A far-left news rag and some of the things that Biden said has said over the years. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a I'm not joking. Romney wants to let the, he said in the first hundred days, he's gonna let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. 
Look, we need to reform the criminal justice to make sure black mothers feel confident when they send their child, their, their son out on the street that he's going to be safe. We got to recognize. We got to recognize that kid wearing a hoodie may very well be the next poet laureate and not a gangbanger. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. And if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Does that sound like the voice of unity? Does that sound like what someone would say or you'd expect someone to say who is going to unify the country and promote healing? Now, am I saying that Joe Biden is a racist? I, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, everyone who's talked to the guy says he's one of the nicest guys in the world, but he's dumb as a brick. So expect unity from this president? Not at all. And it's going to be one of the most disappointing things he's going to have to deal with when uh, 2024, or actually 2022 comes out, when the House and the Senate has to be reelected. But it is, it's not just him. It's the leftist politicians aren't cooperating e- either. They're not buying old Joe's unity message. In fact, it sounds like the potential presidential victory has emboldened the left. Let's take a look at some examples of how leftist politicians are going to, quote, unify us, end quote. There's Raphael Warnock. He's the Democratic senatorial candidate in Georgia. He's currently in a runoff with, I believe her name is uh, Kelly Loeffler. It is Kelly Loeffler. And it's going to happen in January. Listen to what he said. And I think what he, he said this, this was last month. This was not you know, 15 years ago. And if it is true that a man who has dominated the news and poisoned the discussion for months needs to repent, then it is doubly true that a nation that can produce such a man and make his vitriol go viral needs to repent. I don't, no matter what happens next month, more than a third of the nation that would go along with this is reason to be afraid. America needs to repent for its worship of whiteness on, on full display this season. How is it that you can insult everybody, all Muslims, something other than children of God? Call Mexicans murderers and rapists, insult the disabled. How is it you can insult everybody, but then one weekend somebody discovers in the recording that you insult those whose daughters and wives look like those who have been supporting you, and then all of a sudden we can't take it anymore. Repent for the worship of whiteness. Yeah, this guy's going to be working for the rest of the country, huh? So 73 million people need to repent because they were worshiping whiteness? What does that What does that mean exactly? I know it's one of those anti-racist things, 
But, you know, it wasn't just white people that voted for Trump. As a matter of fact, Trump lost points with the white popu- white male and white female population. He didn't win. Biden beat him there. Where he won was the Hispanic vote and the black vote and the Cuban vote. Uh, well, the Hispanic vote is mixes. But, yeah, no, this guy is not going to serve all of America in the Senate. That's why he's so dangerous. I actually, I actually gave like 25 bucks to Kelly Loeffler just because I did not want this clown in the Senate. I want, really want her to win. We need at least one Senate. We're going to get probably both of them, but we need at least one. And by the way, this guy who had, this guy attended a Fidel Castro speech back in 1995. This is the guy who you want as a senator. Not who I want. Then we got Barack Obama. Barack Obama released an 800-page memoir again. And it is one of two volumes of this memoir. Now, how arrogant is this guy that he thinks his life as president is so important? He did nothing as the president besides Obamacare. Everything else was an absolute freaking disaster. He's going to be one of the worst presidents in history. This is the third memoir he's released. I mean, my God, he's got a real high, he's got a real high opinion of himself. And by the time the next memoir comes out, probably going to be another 800 pages. What exactly does he have to say for 1,600 pages about his eight-year presidency? I read George Bush's memoir. I wasn't a big fan of George W. Bush, but I read his memoir. His memoir was like 400 pages, maybe 500. I don't know. It wasn't that long. And he went through 9-11 He went through the housing crash. He went through a contentious election. He went through two wars. And he's got one volume of of his memoirs. Barack Obama, and I guarantee you, you're not going to hear anything about Benghazi, the Fast and the Furious, the IRS tax scandal, any of that crap. You're not going to hear it. But anyway, he decided, uh, some of excerpts from Obama's uh, memoir, which is called A Promised Land, trashes conservatives as intellectually inferior xenophobes filled with racial anxieties and blames former vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin for supposedly mainstreaming bigotry. Wow. This is what he said. Quote, Through Palin, it seems as if the dark spirits that had long been lurking on the edges of the modern Republican Party, xenophobia, anti-intellectualism, paranoid conspiracy theories, and antipathy toward black and brown folks. We're finding their way to center stage. Wow. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Sarah Palin did. She was the governor in Alaska? How this became a thing? I don't remember Sarah Palin saying too much of anything. She was just a really pretty face. She was intelligent. She was tough. But, I mean, huh? So he continues, quote, 
It was as if my very presence in the White House had triggered a deep-seated panic, a sense that a natural order had been disrupted. Here we go. Which is exactly what Donald Trump understood when he started peddling assertions that I had not been born in the United States and was thus Ill, an illegitimate president. For millions of Americans spooked by a black man in the White House, he promised an elixir for the racial anxiety. Um, just an FYI, Obama was elected twice. And I guarantee you, having 95% of the black vote didn't elect him. He was elected by white people too. I don't think anyone was racially anxious that he was president. I didn't like his policies. I thought his policies sucked. I thought his policies were socialist. He did do a good thing. He never bit on the European Union wanting the United States to join their Euro bullshit. But to sit back and say it, America is racist, even though I was president for two terms and I'm now worth $350 million, I'm going to have a problem buying all that bullshit. This is how Trump got elected. It's the arrogant crap of this guy. So basically what uh, Barack Obama did, he just called 73 million, uh, 73 million people, between 72 and 73 million people who voted for Trump, racist. Does that sound unifying? Don't think so. Let's go on to Rashida Tlaib. Rashida Tlaib pushed back on calls for the left in the Democratic Party by the moderate Democrats to take it easy on the extreme rhetoric, such as pushing the Green New Deal, defunding the police, and socialism. Moderate Democrats actually believe they lost a load of House seats because of this garbage that she's been spewing, along with the rest of her squad. Tlaib said that this is an attempt by the moderate Democrats to silence her and her voters. She said, quote, We're not going to be successful successful if we're silencing districts like mine. Me not being able to speak on behalf of my many uh, behalf of many of my neighbors right now, many of which are black neighbors, means me being silenced. I can't be silenced. We are not interested in unity that people that ask people to sacrifice their freedom and their rights any longer. Meanwhile, whose rights? They want to sacrifice our rights. They want to tax the shit out of us. They want. I'm sorry. I'm going to go off here. They want to tax the shit out of us. They want to take our guns away. They want to stifle our free speech. Exactly whose rights are being taken away? Anyway, I'll continue. And if we truly want to unify our country, we have to really respect every single voice, which, by the way, she respects all voices that agree with her. She doesn't respect anybody's voice. We say that so willingly when we talk about Trump supporters, but we don't say that willingly for my black and brown neighbors and from LGBTQ neighbors or marginalized people. What is she talking about? She tears apart Trump supporters constantly. The left constantly is tearing apart Trump supporters who say something different. It is, I cannot walk outside of this house, that I, this place that I live in right now and wear a MAGA cap because I'm afraid I'm going to get into a fight. I, places are being burned down. Not by Trump supporters. I, I'm not... Not a big fan of the Proud Boys, but the Proud Boys are not rioting, looting, and burning places down. 
okay? And they are an alt-right group, don't get me wrong. I mean, their leader left them because they became too alt-right for him. But at least Tlaib admits one thing, unity is not what she's after. She doesn't give a rat's ass about unity. Another one. Let's go into Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the brain trust of the frickin' uh, brain trust of the frickin' Democratic Party. She stressed to Politico that Democrats need to focus on racism or else they will continue to play defense. The left will continue to play defense racism. She said, quote, it's not like some moral question about how to, you confront racism in elections, but it is now an existential crisis for the Democratic Party. Anti-racism plays 0% of a role in Democratic electoral strategy. I'm going to get to that. I, that just what? Zero explicitly, implicitly. I'm not telling people to virtue signal. There's just, like, no plan for it. Is she kidding? Every other word out of a Democrat's mouth is how racist Trump is and how racist Trump supporters are. Businesses are now being required to take this, these anti-racism indoctrination courses. If you don't know what anti-racism is, it's a belief that all whites are racist and must go must be anti-racist, which basically acknowledges their own racism. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. Actually, that's not true. I do. But the reality is I'm not a racist. I don't need anyone telling me I'm a racist. I sure shit don't need some guy who's getting 20, some black guy who's getting $20,000 every time he teaches a course telling me I'm a racist. It's crap. Ocasio continues saying that it is time for Democrats to take the gloves off with Republicans. That's a real unifying message. We're always, quote, we're always messaging around bipartisanship and how we love working with Republicans all the time in a lot of these sensitive areas. We need to have an unapologetic agenda, have an actual alternative and counter messaging that is distinct from the Republican Party instead of trying to play to notions of civility. I just really hope that it gets through to a lot of people that this idea that we can win over white voters on civility arguments, argument is like not a reliable strategy. I'm she's she sounds unifying to you. She's basically saying it's us against them, and it has nothing to do with Democrats and Republicans, mind you. She's talking white voters. Newsflash. Trump got more black voters than anyone has in the last, like, 40 years. But she wasn't finished yet, and this was the big one. The unifying force, that is AOC, tweeted, Is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent, a decent possibility, probability of many deleted tweets, writings, photos, in the future. Folks, that's a threat. Doxing's a threat. Um, she's pushing cancel culture. This type of mentality is how gulags are built. This is going to be, right now, I, I may lose my job, I may 
um, not be able to go to the school I want. I may not be able to get the I may not be able to teach. But what I'm really afraid of is when the black shirts come knocking on my door because you've heard this podcast. That's coming, and that's the threat. Finally, Representative Jim Clyburn is just insane. Uh, he's 80 years old, so I have a feeling he probably has as spongy a brain as Joe Biden does, if not more. He said this on CNN. <laughs> Duh. CNN would be one of... Well, MSNBC would do... No, ABC would do it. CBS would... NBC would do it too. The AP would quote him. Yeah, um, Fox News would probably quote him. So let's just say... then that shows you something. That this train of thought is actually mainstream right now. Listen to what Chris... Uh, what uh, Jim Clyburn said on the Chris Cuomo show on CNN. And then I've been telling people for a long time now, I'm beginning to see what happened in Germany back in the 1930s. I, I never thought that could happen in this country. Uh, how do you elect a person president, then all of a sudden uh, give, give him the authority to be dictator? That's what we're teetering on here. Uh, that's what Hitler did in Germany. He was elected chancellor, and then because he uh, successfully discredited the news media, took over the churches. I cannot see that happening here. It may happen, but if it did, uh, that means uh, that the American people are much more or less, I should say, uh, intelligent uh, than I uh, think they are. What in the F is this guy talking about? This is just nuts. There's a huge difference between Trump and Hitler. What has Trump, Trump done to make himself a dictator? Exactly. Because he's contesting the election in court? What does he think Trump's going to do if he loses in court? You think Trump's going to sit there and stay in the White House and have the army break? Come on. Hitler didn't discredit the news media. Hitler took over the news media. Question. Who controls the news media in this country? Trump and the Republicans? Is this guy freaking kidding me? Hitler did banish religion. Who in today's political world is trying to vilify religion? The Republicans and Trump? Really? And by the way, he just called 73 million people who voted for Trump stupid. Does this sound unifying? We can see that the left in Washington, D.C. is not going to unify shit. It's not going to happen. The one thing Biden can do is tell these people to calm down, but he won't do it like he wouldn't condemn Antifa or Black Lives Matter. His mentality is the cornerstone of the base that got Biden elected, supposedly. It's not done yet. He cannot denounce these people and he won't because he will lose his base. And there just aren't enough moderate liberal Democrats out there. In fact, they're going to try Bolden, uh, pull Biden more to the left. And you know something? He's such a coward. He'll go. He will go to the left. I can't wait to see what's going to happen if, if Biden does get elected. The media is no different. They don't sound like they're really unifying anything either. Let's hear what they're saying. So, 
Jim Acosta. I try to watch CNN, but I can only get through a few minutes before I just roll my eyes and move on to something else uh, important on television, like the regional curling champion uh, championships in Canada on ESPN Alternative. The worst guy at CNN, and I mean, he's just a bad human being is Jim Acosta. He loves Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta loves Jim Acosta. He's the CNN presidential correspondent, and I guess he's a senior. I, I don't know what he is. I don't care. He is known to get called on in press conferences with Trump or Kelly McEnany or whoever, and then start grandstanding without even asking any questions. I think the only reason Trump calls on him is because Acosta is proof of his fake news argument against CNN. And Acosta just makes an ass out of himself. So he always, whenever he goes against Trump, you always hear him just blathering on. And he's constantly on Grabian because he just says such stupid garbage. Uh, listen to what he said on Anderson Cooper's show about Trump. More now from our chief White House correspondent, Jim Acosta. So, Jim, this was the first time we've actually even seen President Trump in over a week. First time I've seen him talk about covid uh, in a while. His uh, loss was further solidified today. The legal battles are falling apart. What's when? It, when is the inevitable going to happen? Well, he was pretending in this Rose Garden press conference as if there's some sort of way for him to get back into the White House come January 20th. That's not going to happen. Uh, he was even talking at some point about how uh, he, he's not going to let this country go into a lockdown, but then proceeded to talk about uh, whatever the next administration will do, um, almost catching himself, acknowledging that Joe Biden will be taking uh, the keys to the Oval Office on January 20th. I, I, will, I will tell you, Anderson, I talked to a White House advisor earlier today who said, listen, the president is unlikely to ever concede this race, but will likely exit the stage on January 20th as expected. Uh, that is the plan at this point, according to this advisor. And this advisor went on to compare the president uh, to the 1991 Detroit Pistons, who famously refused to shake hands with the Chicago Bulls, who beat them uh, in, the, in the playoffs that year, went on to win the NBA championship. Uh, this advisor said the president just enjoys being the bad boy and he's going to continue to do that. Uh, but, but putting that to the side, Anderson, uh, what was sad about what we saw in the Rose Garden today, the president didn't take questions. He almost seemed to be out there to soothe his damaged ego. But he was talking about uh, the situation in New York. He was talking about the pandemic as if his policies are going to have some sort of effect on all of this after January 20th, when, of course, that's just not the case. And he's been tweeting this evening, uh, you know, talking about how he's won this state and that state. Uh, we have to pay attention to those tweets now, Anderson, because he's the president. But after January 20th, he just goes back to being another crackpot on the Internet. Uh, uh, Jim Acosta, uh, appreciate it. What an idiot. I'd, I'd call this guy a dick, but I just don't want to do too much cussing in this podcast. Um, first off, Trump losing the election is not inevitable. It's not. Um, if the next couple of court cases end up going south for Trump and the Supreme Court doesn't want to rule on it, then it's inevitable. But right now it's not. And there is far enough uh, evidence that there has been some corruption in this election. Just because CNN says it doesn't mean that just because CNN says something doesn't mean it's true. Just because Fox News says something, it doesn't mean it's true. This election is not over yet. The base of the term fake. This is the base of the term fake news. Next, Trump will congratulate Biden when Biden has won the election. If Biden has won the election. 
But wasn't it Democrats that threw a temper tantrum during Trump's inauguration by not showing up? Not congratulating and refusing to speak to him? Wow! I guess we forgot about that. Finally, the most trusted news name in news, my ass. How biased can these guys be? Well, they can be more biased. And so let's listen to uh, Christiana Amanapur, uh, who's a CNN chorus, uh, CNN um, a journalist. I don't know what she is in England. I don't know if I pronounced her name correctly, but, you know, I don't give a damn anyway. So listen to what she's got to say. Welcome to the program, everyone. I'm Christiana Manpour in London. This week, 82 years ago, Kristallnacht happened. It was the Nazis' warning shot across the bow of our human civilization that led to genocide against a whole identity. And in that tower of burning books, it led to an attack on fact, knowledge, history, and truth. After four years of a modern-day assault on those same values by Donald Trump, the Biden-Harris team pledges a return to norms, including the truth. And every day, Joe Biden makes presidential announcements about good governance and the health and security of the American people. While the great brooding figure of his defeated opponent rages, conducting purges of perceived enemies and preventing a transition. No democracy can survive unless the majority of people at least accept the same set. This whole Nazi thing is really getting old. I really don't have any more comments about it. It's just... I, these people need to like learn a book and learn what the Nazis were actually like and where they came from. Because I got news for you. The Nazis sound more like Cuba and Venezuela, who the left seem to love, than they do about the Republicans, Trumps and con- Trump and conservatives. So it's just dumb. But life doesn't end with... So we know now that the news media is completely screwed, but there's also the entertainment. Entertainment is uh, really out there. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and he's going to be the only example. I could go over tons of examples, but I'm running long, so I don't want to do that. Jimmy Kimmel is the epitome of hypocrisy. He's a leftist that has practiced chauvinism and worn blackface, showing racism, supposedly. I thought his blackface moments playing Carl Malone on The Man Show was absolutely hysterical. But I have a sense of humor, and I don't think it was done meanly. I don't think it's just making fun of the guy. But because he's a leftist and hates Trump and Republicans, all his sins have been forgiven. I guarantee you, if Trump wore blackface, never. He'd have to resign or he'd be impeached again. I think that's really the sad thing about this whole thing is Trump is not going to win another four years. If Trump doesn't win another four years, we're not going to get to see a second impeachment. I I, I really would have loved to have seen a second impeachment and just the Democrats make asses of themselves. But whatever. He was just downright giddy when Trump ended up down in the vote count. Notice I didn't say he lied. He lost. I just said he's down in the vote count. Let's listen to Jimmy. (laughs) behind the scenes but thanks for joining us for day nine of Squattergate where reality is starting to peek through the windows at the White House the president he might be going down with the ship but many of the rats are putting their little bathing suits on mid 
increasing skepticism that their boss will be able to pull another rabbit out of his MAGA hat. One reason that <laughs> Trump's advisors are so worried he might not be able to win is because he lost. And <laughs> those don't go together, but... But I'll tell you something, there's no room for pessimism in the White House. Racism, sexism, yes, but no pessimism. <laughs> the big orange guy is said to be feeling blue. Poutus is reportedly dejected and fuming. <laughs> and soon, soon he's gonna understand what it feels like to be evicted from your home in the middle of a pandemic. We got a brief glimpse of the president yesterday at Arlington National Cemetery, but he hasn't spoken in public since a week ago. This was the president's schedule today. At 12.30, he had lunch with the vice president, and that was that. Does he know that he's still president for two more months, or is he just hiding? Boy, I would have loved to have been at that lunch. What do you think they talked about? I mean, Mike Pence knows what's up. He's sitting there going, oh, yes, sir, well... Trump has been floating the idea that he'd run again in 2024 and 2028 and 2020, 2032. Every election for the rest of our lives will have a Donald Trump in it. We're never getting rid of this guy. Like herpes in the McRib, he's, he'll just keep coming back. But they say... I mean, no wonder his ratings suck. Uh, he's not funny and he's mean. He also is really preachy. I bet Johnny Carson is probably turning in his grave... And, you know, as far as the squatter gate or whatever, um, last I heard, he's president till January 20th if he loses. It's just, it's, it's, it's so terrible. And I didn't even talk about, um, I didn't talk about what Alec Baldwin said. I, Alec Baldwin, my God, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to go into it, but he, these people are insane. There's no unity there's never going to be unity. The point is, it, the other thing that really gets me is how disrespectful these people are. They're talking about the President of the United States. I hated Barack Obama, and I can't stand Joe Biden. I think they're both corrupted, arrogant pieces of garbage. But I would never treat them with this level of disrespect. I haven't even gone over the... I, 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 there's just no civility in the news media or the entertainment industry. Expect nothing to change. The only thing you can expect to change is in 2022 when Republicans start winning everything. But, hey, we can see nothing's changing in the street. Remember how the riots and the violence were going to stop if Biden got elected? Well, it didn't. And it's not going to in Washington, D.C., during the Million MAGA March that hosted tens of thousands of people in support of Donald Trump, Black Lives Matter and Antifa started attacking Trump supporters, sending several to the hospital. Later that night, same night, in Washington, D.C., Black Lives Matter supporters started throwing fireworks into a crowd of Trump supporters that were having dinner at a restaurant. On Sunday in Portland, Washington, or Portland, Oregon, an Antifa group tried to set fire to the house of the Washington, of the Oregon State Police Sheriff. Here's the problem. These groups hate uh, these groups hate Trump, but that's not really their thing. They hate the government. They hate capitalism, the constitution, our history, law and order, religion, the nuclear family and conformity. Read their websites. 
They want chaos, Marxism, communism, and anarchy. These people are not going to stop simply because Biden is president. They will continue to riot, loot, and assault people. That's their nature. That's their goal. There will be no unity. We are way too far apart on these issues. We cannot have any type of dialogue. But I do think this is a good thing for the Republican Party. In another two years, the left's bullshit is going to cost the Democrats the House and probably increase the lead in the Senate. Because they just don't do anything. Then in 2024, with the economy in shambles and chaos on the streets, President Trump could run again. And you know what his... Uh, 2024 slogan will be? I told you so. Yeah, Itis doesn't have quite the same grab as MAGA, but it'll be funny. And Trump is a comedian. So don't get upset. We're not going to unify. There will be no love in the streets. And that's fine. But stand up. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for your beliefs. Because that's the only way things will change. Because let's remember this. Just remember this. The left is the minority. They are a minority. Their threats, their violence has made them the squeaky, the squeaky, uh, the squeaky wheel that needs to be oiled. But they are a minority. Most of the country doesn't believe in their bullshit. So stick to it and don't panic. There's still a good chance. There's still a chance Trump could win this election. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. Visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I've got a ton of links. I've got all the show notes. I've got the script there. I've got all the audio and video. I hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.